This is Laura Lummer, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I'm a healthy lifestyle coach, a clinical Ayurveda specialist, a personal trainer, and I'm also a breast cancer survivor. In this podcast, we talk about healthy thinking and mindfulness practices, eating well, moving your body for health and longevity, and we'll also hear from other breast cancer survivors who have re-engaged with life and have incredible stories to share. This podcast is your go-to resource for getting back to life after breast cancer. Welcome to episode 61 of the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I'm your host, Laura Lummer, and I am super happy that you have joined me today because I'm really excited to talk with you about intermittent fasting, and this is actually going to be a two-part series because there's a lot of great stuff that I want to cover. Not the least of which is I want to share my story with you about intermittent fasting, how I came around to incorporating this practice into my dietary habits and the results that I have seen from it. But I also want to go into the science behind intermittent fasting because I know that there's a lot of fear, a lot of myths, a lot of misunderstandings that surround this idea of intermittent fasting. So I do want to go into the science behind it. I want to make sure you get some good quality resources that you can investigate for yourself and that you get a good understanding of the difference between intermittent fasting, starvation, and low calorie or strictly reduced calorie diets. So let's just jump right into this. Now, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, You're well aware that one of the biggest struggles I have had since finishing breast cancer treatment has been the struggle to lose the weight I gained during chemotherapy. And let's make sure and clarify that not just chemotherapy, but the use of steroids, the chemotherapy, being put into chemically induced menopause from my first chemotherapy treatment, and then following that treatment with tamoxifen for several months. And all of that culminated to result in a weight gain of almost 40 pounds. The first time in my life that I'd ever been overweight, the only other times I had gained weight were when I was pregnant. So this was shocking to me. It was difficult for me. And again, if you're a regular listener, you know that story. You also know the story of all the things that I tried and of my frustrations with feeling dismissed or unheard when going to medical professionals to ask for help in addressing this issue of losing the weight. And now it wasn't just the issue of losing weight for the sake of vanity and wanting to be leaner, which there's definitely an element to that when it started off. But also because as I started to come to terms with the changes in my body after having gone through cancer treatment, I know as a wellness professional, as someone with degrees in nutrition and exercise science, as a personal trainer, a yoga teacher, a clinical Ayurveda specialist, all of those things, and having a list as long as my arm of continuing education certifications that I have in nutrition and in metabolism overall. I knew what I was doing, right? I knew the right things to do. 
I'm doing air quotes with my fingers right now, the right things to do in order to lose weight according to what we're taught in school and the traditional calories in, calories out belief system. And none of it worked. But what was really starting to bother me wasn't the weight gain. Well, it did bother me because I found to be uncomfortable. And I didn't feel like being overweight was a true reflection of the way that I treat my body. And I wanted to be able to solve this problem because, come on, you guys, I'm a health coach. What I do is help people to live their healthiest lives. And I would beat my head against the wall thinking, how can I help the women who come to me when I have not figured this out? What is going on? And believe me, I know I've said this before, but I have never worked so hard or so long for such little results at anything as I had to try to lose this extra weight. So now it becomes more, as time goes on, of not just a vanity thing and a presentation thing, but having extra weight on your body increases the risk of recurrence of breast cancer, and I'm well aware of that. I have a history of type 2 diabetes in my family and of morbid obesity with lots of comorbidities, heart disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all those things. They run in my family. And all my life with my passion for health and fitness, I have been determined not to go down that road. And that here I am finding myself going down that road, kicking and screaming and grabbing everything along the way, not to go. But whatever it was that is happening in my body was taking me anyway, no matter how hard I was trying not to. So a few months ago, it's been maybe six or eight months, during a routine diagnostic, which was an ultrasound, I everything was totally fine. But the, when the results came back to me, my doctor says, oh, you know, you have an enlarged liver. You have non-alcoholic fatty liver. I mean, come on. This was, <laughs> how many blows to the ego can a girl take? Seriously, this was another one. What? How? How is this possible? Right? I was just beside myself. And honestly, I thought, maybe this is it. You know, maybe I can't fix this. I don't understand what is happening to my body. But I'm well aware of the danger that non-alcoholic fatty liver disease has with respect to type 2 diabetes. I'm well aware of what it means and the challenges that it presents to being able to lose weight. And it's frustrating, right? I'm frustrated. I'm like back to the drawing board. I start to do some research to look into this. How in the world do I have non-alcoholic fatty liver? I know for a fact, I know I'm doing all the right things. This is impossible. But then I find out some of the chemotherapy agents that I was taking cause non-alcoholic fatty liver. Tamoxifen, direct contributor to non-alcoholic fatty liver. So here are more stats. Here's more information that I wasn't aware of, different ways that my body was being impacted internally that I didn't know was happening as a result of my cancer treatment. And now here I am beside myself because it's a few months 
after this diagnosis of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and I go in for my annual blood work and diagnostics and all that, as you do, you know, once you get to my stage of after cancer treatment, and it's just my annual checkup, and my blood work comes back, and it is a hot mess, you guys. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say this. I really am because it's just not how I see myself, right? It's not the reflection of myself that I want to see. My blood, my fasting blood sugar is high. My cholesterol is high. My liver enzymes, my kidney, everything is high. If you look at that metabolic panel, I look like one sick puppy. I don't look like a woman who gets up every day and is in the gym at six o'clock. I don't look like a woman who on days off, my fun thing to do is to get to go do an additional workout and squeeze in a spin class or another yoga class. I don't look on paper like a woman who does her food prep every Sunday and makes sure to have eight to 10 servings of vegetables and a big fresh salad every day for lunch. And I'm baffled. I'm baffled, you guys. I feel desperate. I feel defeated. And I feel scared because I watched my dad go down that road from a strong, healthy, the strongest man I ever knew to a morbidly obese man having severe heart attacks, having severe type 2, advanced type 2 diabetes, being insulin dependent. And he wasn't doing near the lifestyle things that I do to control and to manage my health, but I still saw it. And it's still extremely difficult to watch. And it's not just difficult to watch because of a loved one's suffering. It's difficult to watch because there's a lot of loss of dignity in going down that road. Type 2 diabetes is a terrible disease and it robs you of a lot. And I'm sitting here and I've got these results and I'm, I don't know what to do. And my doctor says to me, you know, I want to put you on medication because you're not diabetic, but there's definitely been some kidney damage from your cancer treatment. I don't think your body's able to process everything. We've got this enlarged liver and I don't know what else you could do to clean up your diet and still live a normal, happy life. So I think you should go on medication so that it doesn't develop into diabetes. Not what I want to hear. Not what I want to do. But I get the prescription. Oh my gosh, I'm getting very upset just thinking about this. And I come home and I'm thinking, there's got to be a way, right? There's got to be a way to heal my body. And I have to find it. If I don't find it, I have to start taking these medications because this is the rock and the hard space that I'm between right now. Figure this out or start down that road of medication because you cannot let this advance any further. You've got to get this in check. So I start thinking, you know how much I love science and research, and I start thinking, what do people with diabetes do? to manage diabetes. Let me start down that road. Let me start thinking that if I had diabetes, how do you control it? What do you eat? What's the science behind it? What's happening in your body? Let me dig really deep into this. 
It just so happens that this is just about the end of August, right at the end of August, and I had just interviewed Lee Holmes on the podcast, and if you haven't heard the interview with Lee Holmes, she was episode 54. Lee is an author and a nutritionist in Australia, and we did a podcast together on healing your gut, and she specializes in gut health because she restored her own health through restoring the health of her gut. And as Lee and I are talking, Lee tells, shares with me that she had gained weight as she entered menopause and that she had a lot of success with intermittent fasting. And she has a program called Fasting for Wellness that she learned to fast a certain amount of times a week. And she developed a program around it because it helped her to lose all of her extra weight, how much better she feels. And she's been able to keep it off for three years. And I had decided I am all in. You know, I've tried everything else. And as my doctor said, I don't know what else you could do to your diet. Well, I thought about that. I thought, well, the only other thing I could do is start fasting consistently and regularly. And let's see what happens. Now, I am a highly motivated person. And it's very easy for me to be disciplined around food. And I decided I was going to go all in. In that first week, that I decided to fast, I was going to fast for 24 hours on Monday and 24 hours on Thursday. So I would stop eating at 6 p.m. on Sunday and not eat again until 6 p.m. on Monday if I was hungry. And if I wasn't beside myself with hunger, I would go until Tuesday morning. This was what I had decided. Now, in the obesity code and the program called Intensive Dietary Management that was started by Jason Fung and his partner in business, Megan Ramos. They say you can use training wheels when it comes to fasting. So you can have bone broth. You can have cream in your coffee if you get really, really hungry. And so I had made some homemade bone broth, decided that was what I was going to do. 24-hour fast, I got really bad. I'd have a cup of bone broth. Well, you guys, I started on September 1st. And by September 11th, I was down eight pounds. Now, I know your first thought is, ah, it's all water weight. Well, come on, you know I'm more scientific than that, right? I'm not just going to assume. And not only am I not just going to assume it's water weight, I work out really hard. And I'm not the kind of person who likes just a skinny physique. I like a, a sculpted physique. I love muscle. And I work really hard to build muscle. So I wanted to make sure that I was protecting my lean body mass. When I talked to my trainer about what I was going to do, She gave me that look that trainers do because they always want you to eat more and not eat less. And I said, listen, I have to do this, okay? I have to do this for me because I've tried everything else. So I'm going to try this, but I'm going to use this system that we have at our gym called the InBody. And it's super cool, you guys. It's a body composition analysis type of a machine. So you stand on it and it does your weight. You plug in certain attributes about your body. And then it does this full analysis and it tells you what your skeletal muscle mass is, what your body fat mass is, what your extracellular and intracellular fluid is so you can see where your water levels are at in your body. And it actually gives you a breakdown by limb. So it looks at how much fat is in your organs, how much fat is in your trunk, each arm, and your legs. So it's super cool. Now I did this first test on September 11th and I said to my trainer, here we go. 
I'm going to do this for the next month consistently. And we're going to retest it on October 11th. And we'll see. We'll see what shakes out of this tree. Am I going to lose a lot of lean body mass? What's going to happen? Well, fast forward a month into October 11th. And what happened was I didn't even lose a quarter pound of muscle. I maintained my lean body mass and I lost a boatload of body fat and visceral organ fat. Yes. Yes, it started to take away that fatty liver disease that I'm so concerned about and so focused on getting rid of. I lost body fat. I lost inches. And you know what else I lost? My Prilosec bottle. Because from that first week of intermittent fasting, I stopped taking Prilosec, which I was taking twice a day because literally everything, everything gave me heartburn. I have had so many amazing results and that's why I'm doing this multiple episode show because I wanted to share my results with you so you understand what I did and how I did it. And as I said, some of the things that I've already mentioned, you're going to hear about in the science. The science does show how intermittent fasting, because your body reacts differently to it than to just restricted calorie diets, how it does start to unclog those organs of the excess fat that is stuck in them. So now, as of the recording of this show on October 28th, from September 1st, so it's a little less than two months, I've officially lost 20 pounds. I am wearing clothes and belts and shirts that I haven't been able to fit into in a long time. And I have energy and no brain fog and no heartburn. And you guys, I'm going to share with you exactly what I did. And then I'm going to share with you some resources. Today, I will leave you with resources because I'm not going to share this kind of information (laughs) with you and then leave you hanging. And then in next week's show on Tuesday, you will hear the science and the reasoning behind it. Because people say, and I had a friend recently speak to me about her interest in fasting. And she said to me what I think is a common belief. And she said, won't I be malnourished? Now, stop and think about this, you guys. When you have extra weight on your body, extra body fat on your body, that is stored energy. So your body stores that energy for situations where food is not available so that you don't starve to death, right? So you can go to sleep and be asleep for eight hours or 16 hours and not starve to death so that you could fast for a week and not starve to death. And there are lots of things. Of course, you would want to take your multivitamin. If you're on medications, you will absolutely want to work with your physician. And I'm going to tell you about some resources for that and tips for that as well. You always want to play it safe and you always want to have a lot of information. But on the professional side where I work as a personal trainer, from that aspect and from keeping up on all the new resources and what's happening in the nutrition and exercise fields, Intermittent fasting is a very big buzz right now, and you've probably heard a lot about it. It's funny how these things kind of come in trends, right? The ketogenic diet, the paleo diet, all these things come in in trends, and then they kind of settle into the people that it works for, and 
there you have it. Well, intermittent fasting is one of those very big trends right now. And it works for a lot of people, but it's not going to work for everybody. And it isn't for everybody. And maybe not everybody needs it. And depending on what your physical goals are, what your health goals are, what you're dealing with, it may or may not be for you. And I totally forgot to tell you guys this. So obviously, one of the reasons that I was very interested in doing this intermittent fasting in reducing the amount of fatty liver disease that I was experiencing was to get my blood sugar under control. Because my HbA1c was very high, my fasting blood sugar was over a hundred. And mind you guys, I know there's this myth that we think you only have high blood sugar if you eat sugar, and that's not true. All of our food has to be turned into glucose in our body, into blood sugar. That's how we use it. That's how our body accesses that energy. It's got to be in that form. We store it as glycogen. We turn it back into glucose. Our liver makes glucose, and this is how we fuel our body. It doesn't mean you have to eat sugar because I don't. But what happens is if your body becomes insulin resistant, if the cells in your body are not responding to the insulin hormone that your pancreas is putting out into your blood, saying, oh, you just ate, here's some insulin, let's get this energy into the cells, and your cells are saying, "Mm -mm -mm -mm, too much insulin, don't want it, then that blood sugar level is staying really high in your blood, regardless of what the food was, if it was protein, if it was a carbohydrate, whatever, whatever. If you have insulin resistance, that symptom of that you're going to see is consistently high blood sugar. And so I'm very happy to tell you that at this point, both my fasting blood sugar and HbA1c have come back down into normal healthy ranges. So I told you that I was going to tell you exactly what I do, exactly what I did, what my plan looks like, and then I'm going to give you some resources to start looking into for yourself to get a better understanding, get your head around different ways of approaching fasting if it's something that interests you, and also get some resources in your hands about safety, about what you need to speak with your physician about, especially if you're on any medications, not just blood sugar controlling medications, but any medications. Please, if you decide to try something like intermittent fasting, be safe. So here's what I did for the first two weeks of my intermittent fasting. I fasted for 24 hours on Monday and Thursday, as I said a little earlier. I made on Sundays a pot of bone broth in my Instant Pot, one of my favorite kitchen tools. I made a pot of bone broth and I got all my veggies and everything ready for salad. So on my fasting days, on Monday and Thursday, I would drink coffee and I did put cream in my coffee, just a tablespoon of cream in my morning coffee. And then the rest of the day, if I really wanted coffee or tea, I drank it with no cream in it. Of course, I didn't put sweetener in anything. The first two weeks, I did find that by 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. Monday evening and Thursday evening, I was hungry. And so I would have a healthy fat, low carbohydrate meal. And here was the surprising thing. One of the things that I discovered really quickly in doing intermittent fasting for a 24-hour period was that there's a lot of head junk that goes on when you're not eating. We're so programmed 
and me especially in the health and fitness world, being a professional in health and fitness, well, come on, eat every few hours is a rule of thumb, right? So there is a lot of head junk that goes into the idea that breakfast is the most important meal of the day and don't skip this and don't skip that and you're ruining your metabolism. Well, my body composition test showed, demonstrated, I certainly was not ruining my metabolism because my lean body mass stayed virtually the same and so did my basal metabolic rate, which is the amount of calories needed to sustain my body if all I did was lay in bed all day long. That only changed by about six calories. So it definitely did not destroy my metabolism in that first month. And I'll give you an update when I do it on November 11th as well. But for me personally, when I got hungry, and I did get hungry in that first, in the first two weeks especially, I definitely did get hungry. But here's the thing, hunger comes and goes in waves right? You just don't stay hungry for hours and hours on end. So I chose Mondays and Thursdays as my fasting days because I'm typically really busy on those days. And so I figured that would be helpful because the time would pass faster and I wouldn't be so distracted or I wouldn't be bored and be thinking about how hungry I was. So when the hunger got to the point that I found it to be distracting, I did sit down and very mindfully drink a cup of bone broth. And can I tell you, it's definitely one of those moments where you're just like, this is the best bone broth I've ever tasted in my entire life. I mean, that was a good cup of bone broth when you're that hungry. But what happened is I started to kind of do a little bit of self-talk, meaning that I would get hungry and I would say to myself, so what? You're hungry. You're not going to die. You got 40 pounds of energy stored on you. You can do this. And I thought, yeah, you know what? I'm actually getting excited now that I'm hungry because when I'm hungry, I realize I'm going to start accessing that stored fat. I'm going to start clearing out my liver. I started to change the way I thought of feeling hungry. So instead of feeling hungry and and having that sense of panic and that thought process of, oh my God, I, I need to eat. I'm hungry, right? Isn't that what we do? We're hungry. I need to eat. Where do I get food? I'm hungry, uh, but like a chipmunk, I've got some food stored on me, so let's go ahead and access it. And that became really helpful for me. It became really helpful for me to just think, yeah, I'm hungry and that's okay. Now, in addition to following this fasting protocol, again, you know, I'm a data-driven girl, so I used my little blood testing kit that I picked up at CVS, and I would record when I woke up, what was my blood sugar? What was my blood sugar three hours later when I got super hungry, like really hungry? What was my blood sugar? Did it change when I drank a cup of bone broth. And that would just help me see how my body was reacting to this new experience of 24 hours without food. That's a long time to go without food for me. That's not something I'm used to. Well, by week three, I was seeing such great results. I was so happy. And to me, guys, great results means I just finally saw change Because it has been a long time that I have been working to see change. So by week three, I decided I'm going to fast on Monday, Wednesday, 
and then from Thursday at 4 p.m. through Friday at 4 p.m. Because Friday night, I like to go out to dinner with my husband. So Friday night, I'm going to break my fast after four and be able to have a cocktail and a dinner with my husband. Now, during that time, I did not change my workout routine. I still did my strength training four days a week. I still did my conditioning two days a week, and I still was adding in my spin classes two to three days a week because that's just for fun. And you know what? Yeah, I did that all the time. But remember, when it comes to diet and exercise, exercise is not the primary catalyst in weight loss. If it was, you guys, I would be looking like, I don't know, some kind of a bodybuilder with the exercise and the strength training that I do. But trust me, that was not happening. So it's nutrition. It's the, That's the key. The key to accessing that stored fat on your body is nutrition. It's all about dietary change. And you've got to just find that right change that works for you. So fast forward to week four and five. Now I'm all in. I am on the intermittent fasting bandwagon, big time. So there are different protocols to intermittent fasting. I referred to them briefly a moment ago, but you can fast for 14 hours. So say there's just this 14-hour window that you determine for yourself that you will not eat. Or you can choose to do a 16-hour window of non-eating and then eight hours of feeding. But the important thing is that during that eight hours, You only eat when you're hungry and you don't snack in between meals. So it's really kind of a cool mental thing because you've got to get your head around checking in with yourself and asking yourself, am I really hungry right now? Or do I just know I'm only going to eat for eight hours and damn it, I want to get everything in my mouth I can in that eight hours. So it's really an awesome practice of self-awareness at the same time. So you can do the 14-hour fast, the 16-hour fast with the 8-hour feeding window, an 18-hour fast with the 6-hour feeding window, or you can do like I did, 24 hours at a time in chunks. Some people choose to do three consecutive 24 hours, so they actually go three entire days without food. That's a bit much for me. And mind you, I enjoy it. I actually am enjoying it at this point. But I also love food. You know I'm a foodie. I love food, and I love good food, and I love preparing food. And that's not something that I want to give up. I want to find a way to achieve optimal health, but also optimal joy in my life. I never want to feel deprived. And when I come home, even if it's a fasting day, and I don't care who says this is breaking your fast, so what? I'm still down 20 pounds and it's working. I come home, I want a glass of wine, I'm going to have a glass of wine. and But I check and see, how does it work for me? If I'm having this, am I still sustaining consistent weight loss? Obviously, I'm using some scientific tools to test and make sure my body is staying healthy and see where the fat is coming off. But I need it's important for me to figure out where that balance is so that I can enjoy the things I want to enjoy. Feeling fit, fitting into my clothes comfortably, 
my belly not getting in the way when I want to reach down and strap on my ankle shoes. I mean, come on. Or do a certain yoga pose. I hate that. And it's important to me to know that I am managing my risks of diabetes, heart disease, and cancer reoccurrence in the best possible ways that I can. That's really, really important to me. And I want to be able to find solutions to these things that bother me because I know they bother you too. And I want to be able to help you find solutions that work well for you. So I'm going to leave you with two resources, and I will post the links to these resources in the show notes for this episode, which you'll be able to find at lauralummer.com forward slash 61. In the resources for the intensive dietary management and the fasting method, which are Jason Fung and Megan Ramos's programs, they have handouts and sheets to take to your physician, to speak with your physician about. And I know that the fasting method also has a free seven-day trial. So if you decide to check out that membership, which I think is $39 a month, they have a seven-day trial where you can check it out and get the forms that you want to speak with your physician about or get a better understanding of something that you think might work for you. So what I love about Lee Holmes' Fasting for Wellness program is She's just so cool. You know, her whole program is gentle. It's beautiful. It's well laid out. She gives you lovely recipes with beautiful food. And everything in her program is just gentle. You know, as I went through it, it really made me feel, you know, fasting is something that's very common for spiritual and religious practices. And not that hers was spiritual or religious in any way, but it gives you that that internal feeling, you know, that feeling of calm, that feeling of treating yourself well and recognizing this process of intermittent fasting that you're beginning to incorporate and learn about. And so I love Lee's program because it's very supportive, lots of great emails, lots of great recipes. She's got a lovely portal that you can learn all about fasting, and she gives you a very comprehensive six-week plan. I loved doing her program. Now, the Intensive Dietary Management Program with Jason Fung and Megan Ramos, that's way more intensely scientific and medical. So they are medical professionals and they work with people who are on lots of medications. And so they work to help people manage those medications so that they fast safely. And the fasting method is their newest membership product that has all of the information, guidance, group support, counselors, accessibility to all of those things along with handouts and forms and videos inside of that program to also help you safely address the medical issues, concerns, and questions that surround fasting. So I think just whichever one of those resonates with you the most is what you might want to check out. I would highly recommend that you check out all of them if this is something you're interested in doing. And I just want to say I'm so happy to finally get to share success and to be able to say, hey, you might want to check this out because here's a couple of great reasons, you guys. It's simple. My Sundays are no longer booked with you know several hours of food prep because I make my bone broth, I take the chicken from that, I put it in 
the fridge with all my salad stuff and I mostly eat salads when I'm during my feeding period or I drink some bone broth or I have a piece of cheese, you know, I have olives. Simple, easy, delicious, and satisfying foods, which is awesome. So two of the things that I love about intermittent fasting, oh no, no, let me go back. There's more than two. Number one thing, it's actually working. I'm getting healthier. My blood sugar is getting better and the weight is coming off. And then it's less time consuming and it's free. I mean, those are all some pretty good reasons to get some more information, don't you think? So that's it for me here today. If you are a regular listener to the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach, or if you're brand new and this is the first time you've listened, I would love to hear from you. Please take the time to go to the iTunes store or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review and leave some stars for the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach because it helps other people to be able to find this show and get the resources and information they need from someone who's been in their shoes as well. All right, so looking forward to the next episode next week where I'm going to give you all the science and I'm going to specifically address some of the challenges that I face. And yeah, we're coming up on the holidays, so I know you're thinking about that. I know you're thinking, Laura, it's Thanksgiving season. It's Christmas season. And you know what? I thought about waiting and doing this show for a New Year's show, but even better, Because why go into that season thinking you're going to gain weight and have to lose a bunch of it in January when you could set yourself up with a dietary practice that works with your lifestyle and your wellness needs and enjoy those events that are coming up in these next two months without gaining a bunch of weight. So you take your fasting periods and you work them around your lifestyle and the places where you are going to be meeting people and enjoying dinner. Just like I told you, I decided to switch my fasting window from doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday to doing Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday afternoon to Friday afternoon because I want my Friday evenings to be free and I don't want to have to think about something when I go out to dinner on Friday afternoon. I never use that word cheating when it comes to food because I hate that. You're not cheating If you decide to eat something delicious, I don't care what it is. It's balance. It's life. It's harmony. Enjoy life. There's great stuff out there that should be enjoyed. You should have a piece of fudge at the Christmas party, especially if it's my fudge because I am famous in the family for my fudge and I enjoy making it and I enjoy seeing people enjoy it as well. So keep an open mind. Check out the resources you'll find at lauralummer.com forward slash 61 and know that when this show comes out it's october 29th it will air there are just two days left to get into my online course revivify before enrollment closes not opening again until january of 2020 i am doing some revamping to the program and so that enrollment will close it's the least expensive price you will ever get Revivify at. And there's going to be a lot of great, exciting changes and products that are coming up next year in 2020. So if you've been thinking about getting into Revivify, if you are ready to release what's keeping you stuck, if you are ready to renew yourself and your body from what you've been through in breast cancer treatment, 
If you're ready to regroup and figure out a plan for the things that serve you and make you happy and revive your life by moving forward with that plan with support and healthy goals and boundaries that allow you time for your self-care and for your passions, join me in Revivify. Once you're in, you're in for life, so you will be in the new version in 2020 as well. And I would love to work with you and see you there. Have a safe and happy Halloween. Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. It is my daughter's birthday, and she's an awesome woman. Anyway, safe and happy Halloween. Get out there, dress up, have some fun. I've got a really fun costume. I'll post a picture of it. So find me on Facebook at Laura Lummer, on Instagram as the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach, and I will talk to you next week with part two about how intermittent fasting supports weight loss and disease prevention. All right. Thanks for listening. Be good to yourself. Voices in your head. You've put your courage to the test. Laid all your doubts to rest. Your mind is clearer than before. Your heart is full and wanting more. Your future's at the door. Give it all you got. No hesitating. You've been waiting. This is your moment